homily seventeen of homilies on ephesians by st john chrysostom this librivox recording is in the public domain homily seventeen four thirty two through five two and be ye kind one to another tender-hearted forgiving each other even as god also in christ forgave you be ye therefore imitators of god as beloved children and walk in love even as christ also loved you and gave himself up for us an offering and a sacrifice to god for an odour of a sweet smell the events which are past have greater force than those which are yet to come and appear to be both more wonderful and more convincing and hence accordingly paul founds his exhortation upon the things which have already been done for us inasmuch as they on christ's account have a greater force for to say forgive and ye shall be forgiven and if ye forgive not ye shall in no wise be forgiven this address to men of understanding and men who believe in the things to come is of great weight but paul appeals to the conscience not by these arguments only but also by things already done for us in the former way we may escape punishment whereas in this latter we may have our share of some positive good thou imitatest christ this alone is enough to recommend virtue that it is to imitate god this is a higher principle than the other for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust because he does not merely say that we are imitating god but that we do so in those things wherein we receive ourselves such benefits he would have us cherish the tender heart of fathers towards each other for by heart here is meant loving-kindness and compassion for inasmuch as it cannot be that being men we shall avoid either giving pain or suffering it he does the next thing he devises a remedy that we should forgive one another and yet there is no comparison for if thou indeed shouldest at this moment forgive any one he will forgive thee again in return whereas to god thou hast neither given nor forgiven anything and thou indeed art forgiving a fellow-servant whereas god is forgiving a servant and an enemy and one that hates him even as god saith he also in christ forgave you and this moreover contains a high allusion not simply he would say hath he forgiven us and at no risk or cost but at the sacrifice of his son for that he might forgive thee he sacrificed the son whereas thou oftentimes even when thou seest pardon to be both without risk and without cost yet dost not grant it be ye therefore imitators of god as beloved children and walk in love even as christ also loved you and gave himself up for us an offering and sacrifice to god for an odour of a sweet smell that thou mayest not then think it an act of necessity hear how he saith that he gave himself up as thy master loved thee love thou thy friend 
nay but neither wilt thou be able so to love yet still do so as far as thou art able oh what can be more blessed than a sound like this tell me of royalty or whatever else thou wilt there is no comparison forgive another and thou art imitating god thou art made like unto god it is more our duty to forgive trespasses than debts of money for if thou forgive debts thou hast not imitated god whereas if thou shalt forgive trespasses thou art imitating god and yet how shalt thou be able to say i am poor and am not able to forgive it that is a debt when thou forgivest not that which thou art able to forgive that is a trespass and surely thou dost not deem that in this case there is any loss yea is it not rather wealth is it not abundance is it not a plentiful store and behold yet another and nobler incitement as beloved children saith he ye have yet another cogent reason to imitate him not only in that ye have received such good at his hands but also in that ye are called his children and since not all children imitate their fathers but those which are beloved therefore he saith as beloved children verse two walk in love behold here the groundwork of all so then where this is there is no wrath no anger no clamour no railing but all are done away accordingly he puts the chief point last whence wast thou made a child because thou wast forgiven on the same ground on which thou hast had so vast a privilege vouchsafed thee on that self-same ground forgive thy neighbour tell me i say if thou wert in prison and hadst ten thousand misdeeds to answer for and some one were to bring thee into the palace or rather to pass over this argument suppose thou wert in a fever and in the agonies of death and some one were to benefit thee by some medicine wouldst thou not value him more than all yea and the very name of the medicine for if we thus regard occasions and places by which we are benefited even as our own souls much more shall we the things themselves be a lover then of love for by this art thou saved by this hast thou been made a son and if thou shalt have it in thy power to save another wilt thou not use the same remedy and give the advice to all forgive that ye may be forgiven thus to incite one another were the part of grateful of generous and noble spirits even as christ also he adds loved you thou art only sparing friends he enemies so then far greater is that boon which cometh from our master for how in our case is the even as preserved surely it is clear that it will be by our doing good to our enemies and gave himself up for us an offering and a sacrifice to god for an odour of a sweet smell seest thou that to suffer for one's enemies is a sweet-smelling savour and an acceptable sacrifice 
but if thou shalt die then wilt thou be indeed a sacrifice this it is to imitate god verse three but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness let it not even be named among you as becometh saints he has spoken of the bitter passion of wrath he now comes to the lesser evil for that lust is the lesser evil hear how moses also in the law says first thou shalt do no murder which is the work of wrath and then thou shalt not commit adultery which is of lust for as bitterness and clamour and all malice and railing and the like are the works of the passionate man so likewise are fornication uncleanness covetousness those of the lustful since avarice and sensuality spring from the same passion but just as in the former case he took away clamour as being the vehicle of anger so now does he filthy talking and jesting as being the vehicle of lust for he proceeds verse four nor filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not befitting but rather giving of thanks have no witticisms no obscenities either in word or in deed and thou wilt quench the flame let them not even be named saith he among you that is let them not anywhere even make their appearance this he says also in writing to the corinthians it is actually reported that there is fornication among you as much as to say be ye all pure for words are the way to acts then that he may not appear a forbidding kind of person and austere and a destroyer of playfulness he goes on to add the reason by saying which are not befitting which have nothing to do with us but rather giving of thanks what good is there in uttering a witticism thou only raisest a laugh tell me will the shoemaker ever busy himself about anything which does not belong to or befit his trade or will he purchase any tool of that kind no never because the things we do not need are nothing to us moral let there not be one idle word for from idle words we fall also into foul words the present is no season for loose merriment but of mourning of tribulation and lamentation and dost thou play the jester what wrestler on entering the ring neglects the struggle with his adversary and utters witticisms the devil stands hard at hand he is going about roaring to catch thee he is moving everything and turning everything against thy life and is scheming to force thee from thy retreat he is grinding his teeth and bellowing he is breathing fire against thy salvation and dost thou sit uttering witticisms and talking folly and uttering things which are not befitting full nobly then wilt thou be able to overcome him we are in sport beloved wouldst thou know the life of the saints listen to what paul saith by the space of three years i ceased not to admonish every one night and day with tears 
and if so great was the zeal he exerted in behalf of them of Meletus and Ephesus, not making pleasant speeches, but introducing his admonition with tears, what should one say of the rest? But hearken again to what he says to the Corinthians. Out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote unto you with many tears. And again, Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble, and I burn not? And hearken again to what he says elsewhere, desiring every day, as one might say, to depart out of the world. For indeed we that are in this tabernacle do groan. And dost thou laugh and play? It is war time, and art thou handling the dancer's instruments? Look at the countenances of men in battle, their dark and contracted mien, their brow terrible and full of awe. Mark the stern eye, the heart eager and beating and throbbing, their spirit collected and trembling and intensely anxious. All is good order, all is good discipline, all is silence in the camps of those who are arrayed against each other. They speak not, I do not say, an impertinent word, but they utter not a single sound. Now, if they who have visible enemies, and who are in no wise injured by words, yet observe so great silence, dost thou who hast thy warfare, and the chief of thy warfare in words, dost thou leave this part naked and exposed? Or art thou ignorant that it is here that we are most beset with snares? Art thou amusing and enjoying thyself, and uttering witticisms and raising a laugh, and regarding the matter as a mere nothing? How many perjuries, how many injuries, how many filthy speeches have arisen from witticisms? But no, ye will say, pleasantries are not like this. Yet hear how he excludes all kinds of jesting. It is a time now of war and fighting of watch and guard, of arming and arraying ourselves. The time of laughter can have no place here, for that is of the world. Hear what Christ saith, The world shall rejoice, but ye shall be sorrowful. Christ was crucified for thy ills. Dost thou laugh? He was buffeted and endured so great sufferings because of thy calamity, and the tempest that had overtaken thee. And dost thou play the reveller? And how wilt thou not then rather provoke him? But since the matter appears to some to be one of indifference, which moreover is difficult to be guarded against, let us discuss this point a little, to show you how vast an evil it is. For indeed this is a work of the devil, to make us disregard things indifferent. First of all, then, even if it were indifferent, not even in that case were it right to disregard it, when one knows that the greatest evils are both produced and increased by it, and that it oftentimes terminates in fornication. However, that it is not even indifferent is evident from hence. Let us see, then, whence it is produced, or, rather, let us see what sort of a person a saint ought to be gentle meek sorrowful mournful contrite the man then who deals in jests is no saint 
nay were he even a greek such an one would be scorned these are things allowed to those only who are on the stage where filthiness is there also is jesting where unseasonable laughter is there also is jesting hearken to what the prophet saith serve the lord in fear and rejoice with trembling jesting renders the soul soft and indolent it excites the soul unduly and often it teems with acts of violence and creates wars but what more in fine hast thou not come to be among men then put away childish things why thou wilt not allow thine own servant in the market-place to speak an impertinent word and dost thou then who sayest thou art a servant of god go uttering thy witticisms in the public square it is well if the soul that is sober be not stolen away but one that is relaxed and dissolute who cannot carry off it will be its own murderer and will stand in no need of the crafts or assaults of the devil but moreover in order to understand this look to it the very name it means the versatile man the man of all complexions the unstable the pliable the man that can be anything and everything but far is this from those who are servants to the rock such a character quickly turns and changes for he must needs mimic both gesture and speech and laugh and gait and everything ay and such an one is obliged to invent jokes for he needs this also but far be this from a christian to play the buffoon farther the man who plays the jester must of necessity incur the signal hatred of the objects of his random ridicule whether they be present or being absent here of it if the thing is creditable why is it left to mountebanks what dost thou make thyself a mountebank and yet art not ashamed why is it ye permit not your gentlewomen to do so is it not that ye set it down as the mark of an immodest and not of a discreet character great are the evils that dwell in a soul given to jesting great is the ruin and desolation its consistency is broken the building is decayed fear is banished reverence is gone a tongue thou hast not that thou mayest ridicule another man but that thou mayest give thanks unto god look at your merriment-makers as they are called those buffoons these are your jesters banish from your souls i entreat you this graceless accomplishment it is the business of parasites of mountebanks of dancers of harlots far be it from a generous far be it from a high-born soul ay far too even from slaves if there be any one who has lost respect if there be any vile person that man is also a jester to many indeed the thing appears to be even a virtue and this truly calls for our sorrow just as lust by little and little drives headlong into fornication so also does he turn for jesting it seems to have a grace about it yet there is nothing more graceless than this for here the scripture which says 
before the thunder goeth lightning and before a shamefaced man shall go favour now there is nothing more shameless than the jester so that his mouth is not full of favour but of pain let us banish this custom from our tables yet are there some who teach it even to the poor o monstrous they make men in affliction play the jester why where shall not this pest be found next already has it been brought into the church itself already has it laid hold of the very scriptures need i say anything to prove the enormity of the evil i am ashamed indeed but still nevertheless i will speak for i am desirous to show to what a length the mischief has advanced that i may not appear to be trifling or to be discoursing to you on some trifling subject that even thus i may be enabled to withdraw you from this delusion and let no one think that i am fabricating but i will tell you what i have really heard a certain person happened to be in company with one of those who pride themselves highly on their knowledge now i know i shall excite a smile but still i will say it notwithstanding and when the platter was set before him he said take and eat children lest your belly be angry and again others say woe unto thee mammon and to him that hath thee not and many like enormities has jesting introduced as when they say now is there no nativity and this i say to show the enormity of this base temper for these are the expressions of a soul destitute of all reverence and are not these things enough to call down thunderbolts and one might find many other such things which have been said by these men wherefore i entreat you let us banish the custom universally and speak those things which become us let not holy mouths utter the words of dishonourable and base men for what fellowship have righteousness and iniquity or what communion hath light with darkness happy will it be for us if having kept ourselves aloof from all such foul things we be thus able to attain to the promised blessings far indeed from dragging such a train after us and sullying the purity of our minds by so many for the man who will play the jester will soon go on to be a railer and the railer will go on to heap ten thousand other mischiefs on himself when then we have disciplined these two faculties of the soul anger and desire and have put them like well-broken horses under the yoke of reason then let us set over them the mind as a charioteer that we may gain the prize of our high calling which god grant that we may all attain through jesus christ our lord with whom together with the holy ghost be unto the father glory might and honour now and ever and throughout all ages amen End of homily 17